Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. in the name of Jesus Christ, we just thank you for another opportunity to come into your presence, to learn from you. We thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. Thank you for your word to us yesterday, um, from, for what you have purposed, what you have promised to do to each or for each and every one of us, how you want us to be going from new moon to new moon, from rest to rest, from one Sabbath to another Sabbath, and our worship never ceasing. So we just worship you, Father. We just exalt you. We thank you. We thank you for the day that we've had so far. We thank you for everything that you have done. We're grateful to you, Father, for your loving kindness, for your mercies, for those of us who went out, for going out with us, for taking us out and bringing us back safely, even if we're still on our own way that you would get us get us back home safely. Father, we just thank you. There is just nobody like you who cares for us so much. And we honor you and we worship you. And truly, worship will not cease from our hearts, neither will it cease from our lips. We will continually worship you because you are good. There is none besides you. We love you, Heavenly Father. We exalt you, most glorious God. Thank you. And we just um, commit this evening's session into your hands. We just say, Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. Nobody knows everything or anything, but you do. You know what's in the heart of the Father. You know what it was in the beginning. You know what it is now. And you're the only one who can teach. So we say, come, Holy Spirit, come and help us. Come and teach. Come and make my tongue like the tongue of the, the pen of the ready writer. Come and put the words in my mouth. Holy Spirit, help me. Just breathe upon me. And I pray that you would also do the same. Breathe upon each and every one of us, that we will hear you even as we go through this study. You take absolute control of everything, Holy Spirit, and let the will of our Father be done. We give you praise and we yield to you now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone, once again, and welcome to today's Bible study. Um, I will, uh, I, 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 let me just say right from the start, uh, I, I do not reckon that we will finish this study today. Um, but hopefully, um, depending on time, I might get us to a point where we can continue this study either individually or perhaps maybe even um, another opportunity arises and might continue it depending on what what what, what happens but we'll, we'll we'll take it to a, um, um, uh, hopefully a good um, conclusion today um, and it's an interesting topic um, and uh, I I must admit it wasn't something that I sort of 
came up. I, I think I, I would say I stumbled on this because I heard the phrase um, and it, it, it hit me, it struck me and it didn't leave me. Um, um, and I have I've spent some time just, I mean, I think to be honest, I tried to just ditch it because I thought it was me. So, but I didn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. So that's what we will do today. And it's taken from John chapter one, verse six, John chapter one, verse six. Um, and I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. Um, and it basically says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's it. There, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Um, and um, I'm sure we all know um, that that statement was referring to John the Baptist. Um, but what struck me immediately when I read that was the word man. And in the Greek, the word man, there is anthropos, um, which basically means human being, not necessarily man as male, but it means human being. So um, could be male or female, um, but it, 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 and it, just, it just made me think about us, as in we also are sent by God, and we'll come to that later on. But that was that was what 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 came um, what came to me, and I, I, I was struggling. But especially as in as it relates to today, especially as it relates to this season that we have entered into, um, and especially as it relates to the events of the altar and all the things that have happened even since then. Um, and it just kept on coming back. So we shall take some time to, to look through this and, um, and, and, and just, and just um, yeah, and just as where that, that particular phrase come. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, um, when we look at when we look at John, we know that John knew the purpose for which he was sent, because if we go to um, John chapter one verse twenty three, if we go to John chapter one verse twenty three, we read the statement. This 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 was a statement that John made when um, he was baptizing. Um, people and the um, the leaders of the Jews sent some um, Pharisees to him to find out who he was or who he is. And John said, um, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Um, and that was a direct quote taken from Isaiah 40 verse 3. So John quoted Isaiah 40, verse 3. And of course, the first thing, um, the first question that jumps to mind is, how did he know? How did he know to quote that particular scripture? So if we dial back a little bit 
um, and we go and um, look at um, Luke chapter 1, verse 11 to 17. Um, so this is Luke chapter 1, verses 11 to 17. Um, and this is the account of the birth of, of um, um, John the Baptist. So I'm going to read it because I think it's, it's important. There are a few things in there. Um, um, as I'm going to read it. So John chapter 1, verses 11 to 17. And it says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, him being Zacharias, um, John's father, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. I'll pause there for a minute um, because um, I was listening to uh, someone um, and the person made a comment, um, not necessarily about this particular scripture, but I connected the two together. And the comment was that, um, yeah, actually it was about this particular scripture. He said, Zacharias was standing in the place where prayers were being offered. So because, you know, in the scripture, it says that the incense rises and the incense, the smoke of the incense is the prayer of the people, uh, of the prayer of the saints. And that's in Revelation. But um, I, I don't want to go there because, again, that, that will take some time. Um, but um, so incense and prayers are related together. So the incense rising in, um, sort of takes up the prayers of the saints to God, and he comes to God as a sweet incense. And so the angel, so it's Zacharias being there, burning the incense um, before God, which is what he was doing according to the role, role that he was um, playing in, as a Levite serving in the temple. Um, and at that point in time, the angel appears to him and says his prayers were being answered. So it's, 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 I just made the connection that in that place of prayer, the same place where he was serving, and I, I don't think Zachariah, I don't know, he might have had it on his mind, but um, I don't think he was actually praying at that point in time, you know, Lord, give me a child. I, I don't know that he was, but it could have been. But it's interesting that the angel appeared to him at that place where the incense were being um, offered to God and his prayer was being answered. Uh, it, it just struck me. I, it just, I, I don't know whether that's of, of, any, of any use to anybody, but it just struck me um, from there. So I'm going to continue from verse... Um, from verse... Um, uh, where was I? Yep. Uh, yep. Um, from verse 14. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Um, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Again, um, I'll pause there for a bit. For a minute, the angel said to him, "He will be filled with the Holy Spirit." So, for those who love Bible trivia, um, question: 
when was the first um, mention of the principle of being filled with the Holy Spirit? I think you might have an answer here in there, because this was, if you look, think chronologically, this event happened before um, the scripture talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. But anyway, that's just another, another thing to chase down. Um, at some other point for anyone who is interested. I just saw that and I thought, oh, Bible trivia. When was the first time the concept of being filled with the Holy Spirit was mentioned? Uh, and that would be Luke chapter 1 or verse 15. Um, so, excuse me, I'll be dropping the number of this because as, as they occurred to me, as they occurred to me. Uh, so verse 16, uh, verse 17, going on from verse 17, said, he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Um, and Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is also advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long. Oh, that's, oh, sorry, I've gone past 17. Apologies, I was, I was only meant to stop at 17. Okay, so back, back to 17. Right, so we read that account. Zacharias, John the Baptist's father, encountered an angel who brought the word of God and told him that John was going to be born and this was his purpose. So we can, um, we can say that um, John could have known his purpose from one, his father telling him, Right, based on the revelation that the angel gave him. And two, also by reading the scripture, because if you notice in verse 17, the angel says to him, he will go in the power, in the spirit and power of Elijah to do what? To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. That's one thing that he will do. Um, the second thing was that and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. That's the second thing that John will do. And then he goes on to say, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, if we then compare that verse 17 to, um, verse, um, to John chapter one, verse 23, where um, Zachariah, um, John says, a voice of one crying in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord. The only bit, the only bit that ties in, in there is the last sentence where it says, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And that's also because of Isaiah chapter 9, and I think it's verse 2. So when we look at all those scriptures together, John has picked what he said from the scriptures, even though the complete word that the angel spoke to him included other things that was said, but he only he only picked up that which was in scripture. So in my conclusion, in my thinking, he 
he, he knew it from his father, one. And the second was that he also picked it up from scripture by, 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 by reading the scripture as well in there. So now again, again, um, if we just move on a little further, and I think it is in um, John chapter one and verse 33, I think it is. Let me just check that again. Uh, no, it's not, not that. Was it that one? Uh, yep, let me just go there. John chapter one, verse 33. Yes, John chapter one, verse 33. John makes this statement while talking to his disciples. He makes this statement. He says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. So right now, it looks like from that statement, God also revealed to John or sent him. John had an encounter or somehow God told him that he, this was what he was going to do because he said, but him who sent me, so but, um, told me, so that gives an indication. So with John, there are three ways that he could have potentially known his purpose or what, not his purpose, know what he was sent to do. I'm trying to stick to the scripture, the use of the scripture sent rather than purpose, because his purpose maybe have been a lot wider than just what the scripture talks about him being sent to do. And it would all tie together in the end. But anyway. So three potential things for John. First one being um, his father told him. Second one being that he read it in scripture. And third one being that God revealed it to him somehow, even though we're not actually told somehow. So three potential ways um, in which John the Baptist recognized what he was sent to do. Okay. Now um, we can go through what John the Baptist was sent to do. Um, I don't I, I, I don't think it's not particularly um, relevant to the, 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 the point of this particular Bible study, but um, I mean, we can, we, can, we, we can go through and I listed some of them from the scriptures um, in terms of, but from all those three scriptures, we see what, um, what John the Baptist was sent to do, to turn the hearts of the children um, back to the Lord, to turn the hearts of the disobedient to the just, uh, to make a people prepared for the Lord, to bear witness of the light, which is taken from John chapter 1, verse 78. We didn't read that one, but that's, that's, that's another scripture. Again, quoting from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, um, make straight the way of the Lord. We talked about that one. To baptize with water, we just mentioned that in John chapter 1, verse 33. And to reveal the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, which is also in John chapter 1, verses 29 to 30 to 31. So there all of those, and all of those ones, again, there's some further study that can be going on, but it's not particularly um, relevant to the to the to the point of this um this uh, today's um, bible study okay so that's john the baptist two things i wanted us to point become from there how he found out what he was sent to do and what he was sent to do just just bearing those in mind um from there okay so let's 
take a look at another person in scripture and see if we can apply that uh, 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 biblical approach, that hermeneutic into this other person. Um, so let's have a look at Isaiah 44. Let's have a look at Isaiah 44, reading from verse 28, and we'll read all the way through to Isaiah 45, um, verse 7. So we'll read from Isaiah 48, 20, uh, 40, 44, 28 to 45, 7. And I'm going to read. It says, who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and he shall perform my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built and to the temple, your foundation shall be laid. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him. And to loose and loose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors, so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord, and there is none other. There is no God besides me. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're talking about Cyrus in this particular scripture. Um, we're talking about Cyrus. Again, how did Cyrus know that he was sent? How did he know what it was? And how did he know what it was that he was supposed to do? I mean, if we, if we think about it, right, um, he didn't really know God. And God says it three times in that scripture that Cyrus did not know him. So um, it's unlikely that he read his name in scripture and suddenly knew, oh, he's talking about me. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, maybe, maybe that's how it happened, but I, I, I mean, what, what do you think? Do you think that was, that's a likely scenario, you know, that, that he, he, he knew because he read it in scripture? Um, I, I, I do feel that somehow somebody must have told him, right? Um, and it's interesting. And the reason why I said it's interesting, because if we look at Ezra chapter one, verse one, Ezra chapter one, verse one, it says, now in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, 
so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, and he goes on to talk about what he said. Um, so obviously, somehow Cyrus knew or perhaps maybe he just suddenly just thought, oh, I just have to let these people go and build their temple. And it's very specific. It wasn't like as if uh, I'm just going to release them to their freedom and let them go. It was very specific. It was to build the temple, you know, um, and he made provision for them. So the only conclusion that I can draw from it is that someone told him, right? But it's possible that he read it. Yeah, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't discount that at all. But to me, it's one of those two. Yeah? What do you think? Do you think there's another way? If you think so, please drop it in the chat. Let's, let, let's, let's see. So maybe, maybe I've missed something and perhaps there might be um, something, something else in there. Um, yeah, so, um, but yes, that's my, those, are, those are my thoughts on, on Cyrus's own. Um, let me see, Proverbs chapter 21, verse one. Oh yes, the heart of kings are, um, are in the hands of God and he can turn it either to which way. That very true, very true. So that will suggest that somehow um, God stirred up his heart. That makes sense to me, yep, in there. Uh, how did he know exactly what it was he should do? Um, perhaps maybe, 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 by staring up his heart, he read the scriptures. I, I don't know, but I think it's so specific that there must, yeah, he, he, somehow he had to have either read it or somebody told him or showed him, if possible. Either way, um, it's, 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 just, uh, it's just for us to recognize how God works in causing people to know that they are set in there. Um, and again, like I said, Bear with me, there's a reason to, to why we're doing all of this. I'm sure you're, you're, already, <laughs> you're already knowing exactly or getting an idea of where we're going with this, but let's do that, okay? And again, what was Cyrus sent to do? What, what was Cyrus sent to do? Um, I use the words facilitate the building of the temple because he didn't build it. He just made allowance, he made provision, and he made, um, he made room for the Jews to be able to go back and build the temple, yeah? And again, um, according to the words that God spoke in, um, in Isaiah 45, it was to subdue nations and loose the armor of kings. So, but he would never have known that. He, uh, my assumption on the basis, and that's my assumption on the basis of the fact that he didn't know God. So he would, he would not have known that. He probably came across it later on and thought, wow, so God knew me. And by the way, I'm, that particular prophecy was written, I think it was 140 years before Cyrus did what it is he did. So it was not as if that it was something new. That, that had been prophesied by Jeremiah uh, way before Cyrus came into the picture, way before Cyrus was born in there. But it's just, just interesting to see, um, see that. Okay, so that's Cyrus, yeah? Again, Let's move on to another one. And this is someone we all know. Um, we've read his scriptures several times. We know about this. It's Jeremiah chapter one, verses four to 10. Jeremiah chapter one, verses four to 10. Again, I am going to read it. I know there are a number of scriptures, so perhaps maybe you might want to 
copy the chat if you have an opportunity or perhaps maybe um, write write things down so you can actually check them out. You know, I love to say to people, don't believe what I say, check it out, check it out yourself because that way um, you know whether I am speaking truth or speaking in error um, in there. And it's, it's good practice to do so anyway. So Jeremiah chapter one, verses four to 10. Jeremiah chapter one, verses four to 10. So let's read from there. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then, I, then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Whoa, 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 okay, let, let me just stop there. I'll, I'll come back to read there. He said in verse four, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, okay. And then in verse nine, he says, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, hmm, this is interesting. Okay, now, I will admit to you, I went to town on this one because I wanted to find out if it was possible that this was an encounter um, with an encounter of some kind, right? Which is different from perhaps just something dropping in someone's mind or a thought coming into someone's mind as it sometimes happens to us. And the reason is because in this same conversation they're having, the Lord put forth his hand and touched his mouth and touched um, um, Jeremiah's mouth. Now, there are many different ways and I'm not, I'm not, into, I'm not going to speculate on how it was, but the question occurred to me, could this be, so when the scripture says the word of the Lord came to someone, is it a different kind of encounter to one like maybe different from a vision, different from, um, is, it a, is it a physical encounter? Is it um, a person? Because it reads like a person to me. Uh, anyway, I, I, I started chasing that down and I had to I had to come back and focus on what I was doing. So I'm going to continue that study to see if I can find out. But if anybody knows, I would, be, I would love to hear your thoughts on that particular one in there. Because, um, yeah, that's, these things occurred to me and I, I like to chase them down just so that I'm aware of it. But if anybody already has done this or is aware, please share it in the chat. Maybe I might learn something or two as well as a, um, as often happens. So I'm just going to read again from verse nine. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, 
to destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. Um, I said it was to verse 10. Yeah, okay. So so that that's it. So we see again, this is another way in which a person knows or becomes aware that they are sent when the word of the Lord comes to that person. And for now, let's just leave it as the word of the Lord, whatever we think or whatever that might have been, however it might have been, um, the word of the Lord comes to a person. So that's another one of those ways in which it happens. And of course, in the case of Jeremiah, we know that um, he he's, um, was um, to speak whatever the Lord uh, commanded him, that was what he was sent to do, to speak whatever the Lord commanded him to do, to root out and pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. And even though I'm only pulling these ones out, it doesn't mean that there were not other things that he was sent to do or other things that people were sent to do. I'm just, just for the purpose of this study, just pulling out specifically from the scriptures we read, those things that we um, that um, were indicated in the scriptures, what they were sent to do, but I'm sure there are more. And again, that's another on another study to understand the kind of things that God sends people to do, because that kind of a study does help to guide us in terms of how we also approach and do the work of God as 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 as, um, as we live our lives out. But that again is another is another study for for another day okay so um so um i think that's that's uh oh, i'm just looking at the time so that's again um another another person now i want us to shift a little bit and look at a, a, another person but this is a very different one and this is taken from the book of esther Right, we all know the story of Esther, um, and um, again, Esther's own is a bit of a long read, so I'm going to sort of just give um, uh, a paraphrase the story and then just focus on the verses so that we don't spend time too much time reading the whole thing. So, as we know, Esther, uh, a beautiful young lady, um, was um, taking um, as part of those to be presented to the king, um, King Ahasuerus, who had just um, um, retired his wife, uh, let's use those words, um, Vashti. Um, and um, he, he, Esther was one of those, one of those selected to um, appear before him. And we know that, as the scripture tells us, um, she found favor with um, Haggai, the custodian of the women, and she also found favor um, before King Ahasuerus, um, who preferred her, and the scripture uses the word, loved her more than all the other women. So that's the sort of story of Esther, and that's how she became his queen, and she became the wife of 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 there. Okay, we know the story continues and um, what's his name? Um, uh, skips my mind right now. Let me find him again. Um, 
Heyman, that's it, Heyman. Um, Heyman comes on the picture and threatens the Jews because of Mordecai. Um, and, you know, we know the story. Um, he, he gets um, uh, Hasaras to pass the decree and the lives of the Jews are at stake. And so Mordecai um, goes into fasting and puts on sackcloth and ashes and stands outside the gate of the king's palace because you're not allowed into the king's palace in sackcloth um, and, and, um, and with ashes. Um, so he stood outside and this was told to Esther and Esther then um, sends a message to Mordecai and we'll pick it up from there in um, um, Esther chapter 4, um, reading from verses verse 13 to 13 and 14, reading verses 13 and 14. So Esther chapter 4, 13 and 14. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain complete, completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for, for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Okay, so here is Mordecai responding to Esther and saying, Look, whether you do it or not, uh, whether you're going to see the king or not, well, the Jews will still get the deliverance uh, somehow, you know, but. Who knows whether this is the reason why you're where you are. This is the reason why you're in the king's palace. This is the reason why you're the king's wife. Um, who knows? So this is an indication that neither him nor Esther knew the reasons why. But if we read the story on, in hindsight, we find out and realize that that's what she was sent to do. She was sent into the palace to preserve the, the Jews, to preserve their lives in there. A bit of a strange one because, again, and I'm sure many of us can relate to it, when we look back at certain things in our lives, we can see, ah, that's why, that's why that happened. That's why I did that. But at the time, we probably didn't really know why or what was going on. So that's how it was for Esther and, and, and Mordecai um, in, 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 in that one. So I can say my own words, my own thinking in there, that Esther realized her, uh, what she was sent to the king's palace to do in hindsight. She didn't know at the time what she realized or discovered in hindsight in there. Okay, so um, we can go on and on and on. We can talk about Joseph, the father of Jesus, how he found out in a dream what he what, what he was sent to do. Um, we could we could we could we could look at um, um, people like Moses who had a physical encounter um, with God and 
got his uh, instructions from there or what he was sent to do from there, or whether it's Paul, um, the apostle who had his encounter on the way to um, Damascus. So, but that's again, um, just so that we can we can we can we can get to the end of this this particular one. I'm just going to sort of do a bit of a recap um, as to key points, especially related to what it is that we're talking about um, today, which is um, there was a man sent from God. And um, so, just to recap, we can see from all the different examples we've looked at that. God, there are different ways God sends, or there are different ways how God sends people. He uses different, different method, different ways. Yeah. Whether it is um, by the word of the Lord coming to them, whether it's um, by um, some move stirring of the heart in, the, in such a way, um, whether it's by somebody telling them, for example, a prophet, um, um, you know, so you, we might, we might, you know, like we, like we heard um, on Sunday, you know, there might be some people who heard something there and suddenly that's what that's 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 what I that's what I'm sent to do. Um, so it, it might be by a prophetic utterance. It might be just a comment from someone um, who says, you know, perhaps this is what you're being sent to do, and that might then um, resonate in somebody's heart. It might be via some divine messenger, like an angel. Some of us might have, or a vision, or a dream. Even though we didn't we didn't actually look at scriptures in relation to visions and dreams, um, but again. Um, that's those, those are those are different ways. Whether by the Lord Himself saying it to someone, so you hear the voice of the Lord saying this or that. There's another that's another one. Perhaps maybe even reading it in Scripture. Read something in Scripture, and then we again like I like to use the words that Ezra that is used in Ezra. The the heart is stirred up in there, and sometimes it's just by pure hindsight we didn't really know we just thought okay this is what we need to do and we find out later on that it is so different ways by which god can send us why is that important it is so that we can expand our thinking so that we are not constrained to knowing in one specific way and thereby not hinder ourselves nor the work of god by saying well i haven't heard god he hasn't said it to me and therefore not taking the steps that are necessary uh, uh, in there and again we can spend a bit more time on that but um, because of time i'm trying to sort of just summarize those things in there and i'm hoping that you know if you're stirred by it you can go dig a bit further and um you know, if you pick up anything, please stop me, send me a message, anything. Let, let's, let, I, I, I'd love to learn from, from, from your study as well uh, as to what, um, what you see in there. But different ways, different ways that God um, uses to um, let people know they're sent. But for you and I, we have specific things that have been written in scripture for us so for example john chapter 20 john chapter 20 verse 21 
John chapter 20, verse 21. I'm going to open to this and read it. Um, John chapter 20 and verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So here we have a direct quote from Jesus to us. As the Father sent me, I also send you. What, what I know someone might say, oh, hang on, hang on. That was said to the disciples and not to us. Um, true, it was said to the disciples. But I want to take us back to John chapter 17, um, verses 20, um, 18 to 21. John chapter 17, verses 18 to 21. Again, Jesus' own words, John chapter 17, verses 18 to 21. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Hallelujah. So in that scripture, we get, um, I guess, what I call um, that um, the answer to the to the doubt that it was the disciples alone. No, it was, that includes us because that prayer, Jesus says in that prayer, is not just talking to the disciples, but to everyone who would believe in them through their words. Have we believed through the words of the disciples? I say, yes, we have. As each and every one of us have believed through there, so that word applies to us. Therefore, the scripture in John chapter 20, 21, which says, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Right? Okay? Now, so that's, that's one of it. But there are other scriptures. There are other scriptures that we can look at that also do indicate um, and one of them is Mark chapter 13, verse 37. Mark chapter 13, verse 37. And it says, and what I say to you, I say to all, watch. So this is a scripture talk when Jesus was talking about them, uh, telling the disciples, the disciples to watch, uh, to be watchful for in the, um, the things that will happen in the, in the last, in, in the last days. And so he said to them in, um, in, in there, haven't told them, haven't just told them that no one knowing the, the, the day or the hour when the son of man will be coming again. And he just said to them, what I say to you, I say to all. Um, again, to me,
Um, so that 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 would say to me that um, again he is speaking to all of us. So I think yes, it is safe to say that we are sent to the world so that the world may believe that God sent Jesus. Yeah, based on what the Scripture has said in there. Okay, so. Um, the question then uh, uh, um, uh, applies is that what are we sent to do? What am I sent to do? What are you sent to do? Is it just one thing, all of us? Um, and again, um, this was one of the reasons why I said I, 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 we may not be able to finish this today because we can now go in and look at how God sends people when we talk about corporate sending. Um, so when he talks about the children of Israel and what they were sent to do, um, um, when he talk, we then look at the individual people within that. And again, even within that, people that were sent within that. So let me just give you an example because we're not gonna, <laughs> we don't have time to study it. But if we take Moses as an example, Moses was sent to deliver the children of Israel or to bring them out, not to deliver them because God delivered them, to bring them out of Egypt and bring them into the promised land. That was what he was sent to do. But we also do know that Aaron and her were sent to support him in that work. Point in, point in case, holding up his hands, um, when he was on the mountain and Joshua was in the valley fighting the Amalekites. Again, so that would apply. Joshua was also there sent to um, be the world general, but also to take over from Moses. So within a corporate um, uh, sending, there are individual sendings for individual people. But that's a that's a that's a study for another day. But I'm I I'm but I because I, I didn't just want to say it and leave you guys. I, I thought it would be good to give an example that we can follow. And I'm sure you can you we can all think of many different examples in scripture where that applies. So that that that's that that's one that's one thing. So even within that, we know that um that um we um we 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 as disciples are sent. And I guess when we talk about being sent, most of us, our minds will go straight away to the Great Commission, go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Absolutely, absolutely. So there are many dimensions of that sending. And if we dig deeper, we can find even more subtle sending. Things like, for example, when we talk about, um, when we talk about, um, 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 when Jesus says that if you love one another, then they will know that you're my disciples. And I'm paraphrasing that scripture. Again, part of us loving one another, when we demonstrate that love, then the world to whom we are sent so that they may believe that God sent Jesus will look and see and know that we are uh, um, we uh, that that Jesus, that Jesus is Jesus was sent by God, um, and 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 that that will be us fulfilling that. So there are many different dimensions, and that's why I said that we're not likely going to finish it. But again, we could always come back to this, in, hopefully in 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 the future. But what I wanted to sort of leave us with um, today is in today's world and in 
the calling by which God has called us to our churches and the roles and 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 and, and where we are in our environment, whether it's in our relationships, whether it's in our work, where, where, whatever it might be. What is God sending us to do? And that in itself is another study. <laughs> but as you can see, we're running out of time. So I'm not necessarily, um, we're not able to go into that one today, but that is another study. So two things that I would have loved to do is to look at the different things that we know in scripture, the scripture tells us, because that's the easiest ones we can do. We can read those, right? And from there, by our obedience to those things, we will be fulfilling what we have been sent to do. Then we could have our own personal, let me call them assignments for now, where we receive somehow through one of those methods or the various methods. And again, all the ones I said, um, hindsight, reading the scripture, the word of the Lord, they're not exhaustive. There are others. I, I, I just, I'm just, I just picked these ones up from the examples we used in there. All of those, you know, we could have our own personal assignments revealed to us in many different ways in there. So um, that's one study. And the second one is how do we know? How do we find out? What can we do to understand that? And again, that's another study on its own. Um, but you don't have to wait for the next opportunity um, for us to break that down or go into it or look through the scriptures to find out. Um, we can start to inquire. We can start to look through the scriptures individually to begin to identify and um, you may say, why is that important? How, what has that got to do with me? In fulfilling what we have been sent to do, we will be pleasing God because that's what it is. We know the scripture in Psalm 139 and in verse 16, I think from 14 to 16, which clearly tells us that we have um, been created for a specific purpose. The things that we are to do have already, already been written in the book concerning our lives. Um, and also, just in case, um, Ephesians 2.10 also reminds us of that as well, when it tells us that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So by us doing or, or engaging in the activities for which we are being sent, however we find out, whatever they are, right, we will be fulfilling the reasons why God has called us and also be fulfilling what God is doing in the earth, we will be a part of it. We will be partakers of His divine nature. So that's that's the, that's the real 
reason why we sort of went through all of this study. I hope that really made sense. I hope the Holy Spirit has spoken to your hearts in in a way that I can't <laughs> with the words that I that I that, that I've used. But I I, I hope that really brings um brings it out um, um, to each and every one of us in there. Uh, there's a lot more to learn in this, so there's a lot more to study and find out, and, and, and it's fascinating to me. But for now, I think we just have to sort of stop and end it there. Um, any questions, anything that is burning in the mind of someone, if you want to ask a question, please feel free. Um, if you want to, um, um, if you sort of, think about something later on and you you know stop me um stop me um anytime and um bring it up and yeah we can have a conversation i i love to talk about scripture hope you all got something out of this today hope it's beneficial but um i will encourage each and every one of us to um perhaps do two two things let me say two things i was going to say pray and talk to god about this and about um what, he, what we are sent to do in this day and season, and it might change in the next season, it's up to God, um, it's his prerogative. Um, but the other thing is to spend time drawing closer to him. Um, let, let's, you know, in, in worship, in, in communion, in obedience, however, let's just spend time drawing closer to him, and those things will be made clearer in there as well. So, Thank you all for um, um, encouraging me. Thank you uh, for being a part of this. Um, and yeah, that, that will be it for today. God bless you all and have a great evening.